And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Yes! Grab your torch and dip it in to the sexy St. Jeff candle because no buffs is back, baby! I'm Jay Skeets. With my number one, mm. Trey Kirby. Uh, when we first walked into this garage, I knew I wanted to work with you. I my number see one. I could, see it. I could see it. We also have a, my other number one, No Dunk Super Producer, JD. You're my number one, too. <laughs> number one or number You're one, my number two. one. You're my number one, man. <laughs> uh, thanks, bro. You're my number one as well. All right. And our special guest, honestly, my true number one, my only number one. He's the winner of Survivor Ghost Island. He's the guy who made this classic factory desk. <laughs> Again, it's my number one, my true number one. It's Wendell Holland. Wendell, what's up, man? Thank you. It's it's good to be here. And I, I always had a good feeling about you, Skeet. So you're my number one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. All right. Good. We've, we've got this all clear. You're all my number one. Okay. Everybody's cool. Uh, Wendell, how's it going, man? I want to know right away. I know you had a basketball injury, and I know you're like maybe have a you're uh, you've got some sort of surgery coming up or something, a recovery of uh, some sort. Are you okay, man? And I have a, a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity. I have a celebrity game next week <gasps> too that I can't even compete in. Um, I'm actually coaching because I can't compete. Uh-uh. But yeah, man, I'm I tore the ACL in December. I held it off on surgery for a little bit because I was uh, finishing a uh, HGTV show, right? And I was mentally prepared to have my surgery about two weeks ago, and they called me, and they pushed it back to April 14th. So it's going to be in two weeks, and then I'm down for a minute, man. So are you just hobbling around this entire time? I guess you're not hooping, I assume. Man... I, I can like I can like jog up the stairs. I still do leg day. I'm doing pre I guess pre surgery rehab okay. so that after surgery I'll get right back into rehab and like start like really you know stretching my knee out and fixing it. But uh, yeah, I'm still hitting the gym. I mean you can't tell with my cut sleeve like I'm not broke or anything, but I'm still in the gym a little bit. Uh, there this morning, I think. You're looking like a Jonathan Light, for sure. Yeah, man. <laughs> I feel like we're a strong four. You can carry us to some victories here. <laughs> okay, so surgery, yeah, coming yeah, up I, in a I, couple I, weeks. Okay. I braided my hair a little bit. I was trying to get the Jonathan look. Yeah. Right he has, like, yeah. Yeah, he's got, like, uh, like some trinkets up in there. He's got some trinkets. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't really notice that until last night. I was like, wow, there's a lot in there. Is there, is there a hidden immunity idol up in his hair that we don't know about? Uh, well, that's why when you see him, like, really performing in the water, you're like, that makes sense. This guy, this guy's around a beach. <laughs> yeah, this guy. We'll, we'll get to Jonathan. But um, just, like, let's start, Wendell, with, like, your reaction so far to the season, just in general, before we do a deep dive into episode episode four, like, are you a fan? You're loving sort of these last two seasons, the new era, as everybody's calling it. What do you think? Yeah. So I guess big picture, I enjoy this mix of people, this super weird, eclectic, <laughs> different mix of people. You don't usually have a cast full of so many 
strange rangers you usually have like <laughs> one or two oddballs right and then you have like you know a bunch of pretty people a bunch of, you know in this case we have a small handful of those traditionally you know pretty folks or big strong folks or whatever you want to call them and you have a lot of interesting people for lack <laughs> of a better term and because characters and because of that i do think it makes for a, a fun season to watch. So, and also I'm a super fan. I'm going to like any season yeah. Um, with a couple of exceptions, but like, yeah, I just, I'm enjoying this mix and seeing how these people do it. Um, when, when there's one standout, like Jonathan, who we will get to, mm-hmm. he's like a head and shoulders above the whole pack. Mm-hmm. So it allows for him to really like put a tribe on his back and win every challenge. And I don't know. Like, I almost think that's almost too unfair. <laughs> you think so? It's like, if we were hooping and you have Kyrie show up and hoop with the four of us somewhere in Atlanta, you know, like, yeah, it's not. It's all, it's, it's all Jonathan. It's not really right. Uh, it's fair. I mean, look, the other tribe was pointing that out last night. Uh, you know, he got called Goliath a couple times. He got called Thor actually on the Thor. show, uh, and you know, he is a superhero as we've talked about, uh, and uh, was pretty impressive again. And. We'll figure out sort of his next move here moving forward. But let's start with who goes home, uh, Wendell, and that is Swathi. And we had the Ika tribe. You know, it really came down to to Swathi or Tori. And I guess Mm -hmm. my first question is, do you think that tribe, and really the tribe calling the shots was Drea and uh, Romeo, because Roxroy sort of like, he goes his own direction. But do you think they made the right call in ultimately keeping Tori and uh, sending Swathi home? When I think of... Do I think they made the right call? I think I think Swati could have – she was pr- making everyone the promises, and you're supposed to make alliances with everyone. I think she kind of messed up by telling everyone that they were her number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should be making these bonds and saying you want to work with these people. Uh, but in Tori's case, I think, I think Tori can flip on people and go any which way. Right. So – if anything were to happen to this um, this Ika tribe post merge, I think Tori will be quick to flip, and that is that's not the person that I would want to go far in the game with. Yeah, well, what do you think about that trade? You you're nodding along as Wendell sort of making the case of maybe keep Swathy, maybe do what Roxroy's saying, and like I don't know, Tori seems like she will go wherever which way to the dire- direction the wind blows, uh, especially if you make it to a merge. I think for for them, it's just that maybe Tori is a little bit the devil, you know? Because I'm with you, Wendell. If she makes it to the merge, it's like it's flip time, guaranteed. <laughs> But they have to know that, right? Like, they have to sense that. So they're like, we can get her any time between now and the merge. So, I mean, I guess it's still early enough that there's really not a right or wrong call, I don't think. Um, I will say Tori does a great job of, like, being involved in the chaos. And then once she realizes somebody else has stepped into it, she's like, oh, uh uh-oh. What about this person? Yeah. You know, she is very good at deflecting uh, the target from herself onto somebody else. And she did that incredibly well with uh, Swati last night. So, yeah, I mean, I think maybe in the long term, you would have rather uh, kept Swati around. But I think there's still a little bit of time here. And, you know, they kind of it, it seems like Tori would maybe rub some people the wrong way more yep. likely. So I think they'll have another chance at it. But. She definitely does seem to do a great job of seeming like she's on the bottom and then just climbing up one rung, and that's all you need. I thought at Tribal Council, Wendell, when Tori kept saying, like, you're projecting. 
you're projecting uh, like sort of like what's mm-hmm. going on here. She kept saying that to Swati, like, whoa, wow, that, <laughs> that cuts deep. But uh, it's sort of a slick move uh, to sort of throw that out there. Stay calm, cool and collected about it. Um, and you brought up, we joked about it off the top, Wendell, this idea of like, you're my number one, you're my number one. I have to assume tell me if I'm wrong, Wendell, you did that at times when you were out there on the island, and you probably should a little bit, no? Like, I, I assume these people were saying it back to her at to some extent. Yeah, you better say, if you hear that, you better say <laughs> yeah. it back. Yeah. <laughs> first of all. But secondly, there's there's more of a tact to it. Like, okay. on Ghost Island, I knew I wanted to go to the end with Laurel if no one else. Yeah. Okay? She was definitely a number one, and she is the main reason uh, along along with very strong gameplay from me and Dom, but she got us there to Mm -hmm, the end. mm -hmm. And so she was my number one Dom and I recognized, all right, if we don't go to the end together, these other people will take us out because individually we would stand out from the pack. Kind of like Jonathan is standing out, right? Maybe not so big in stature and strong, but just the things we were able to do out there um, showed that, you know, if if we went at each other, the other one would go shortly thereafter. Yeah. So, yeah, it was important for me to make those one on ones. But it's also important for like on Ghost Island to speak to a Donathan and say, hey, man, I want to go far in the game with you to an Angela. I want to go far with you. I'm not saying you're my number one, <laughs> but you know that I want to work with you. And it's that little distinction that can mess you up really early in the game. Yeah, JD, what do you think? I mean, jump in here. Like, what did Swathi really do wrong last night? Uh, or was that just, like, really great gameplay from Tori to sort of, like, get out from underneath the rock that she was under there? Not rocks, right, but underneath the, uh, you know, <laughs> right. proverbial rock. And then Romeo, too, sort of, like, suddenly making the decision that it was going to be her over, right. over Tori. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it was – it wasn't pretty, but it was pretty uh, – <laughs> it wasn't pretty, but it was pretty uh, – uh, snaky or it was a good maneuver by Tori just to just to get out from under that and ultimately Swathi would have been fine if the three of them didn't talk with one if they didn't uh you know all sort of compare notes and compare stories and say hey uh she said oh she said you're her number one because she said the same thing to me oh right. guess what she said the same thing to me too and uh, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often on Survivor, especially in this new age where everybody says everything all of the time. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I really am finding a hard time finding any fault with what Swathi did, other than try to try to do too much too soon. Maybe I, like I don't know. Yeah, Wendell, what do you think about this idea of like you can't tell? Really, if you want something to be kept secret, you can't tell it to anyone anymore it feels like in these last two seasons like was that also happening in 36 and obviously with the winners at war so it seems as though in this new school era of survivor and it's crazy because i played yeah. like you know so long ago, ago. four years ago <laughs> and i'm the old guy saying in this new school anyway as i was saying in this new school era of survivor everyone has diarrhea of the mouth and <laughs> it appears as though these advantages they they lend it's they lend their hand to people having to share things because if I find an advantage that says I have to make this proclamation at um, at the next challenge and until two other people on other tribes make that same proclamation yeah. I won't have a vote yeah yeah now I need to share information right yeah so the game is kind of 
it's not that you need to. If you don't share information, then something like last tribal ha- uh, two tribals ago happens when you're Chanel and you don't have a vote, or you're Mike and you don't have a vote. So you you kind of the game is forcing you to share information, and you have these players that seems like they just want to share information with people. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, but re- regarding the Tory and Swathi situation, I will say. Credit to Tori, because as someone on the bottom, she did what she should do. You take people's information and you share it with everyone to where they are distrusting people that they want to trust it. Mm-hmm. So. Correct. If 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 no one spoke that that day, then they could have went to tribal and voted Tori out. Right. But because people kept speaking and then uh, Swati saw. Uh, I think like Tori and Dre and someone else speaking for a long time or whatever. She started piecing things together. Right. Um, now, now there, there is, there is a crack and Tori was able to, I guess from the bottom, really take advantage of that crack. So respect to her for that. But I also had one last thing to say about Tori before we yeah. move on. And when I think of a player like Tori, I think she's someone that could get to the end almost like an Angelina. Right. Mm-hmm. You guys remember Angelina from David vs. Goliath. Yep. She was kind of silly and made some, like, people, like, the audience loved watching her because she made some, like, funny moves in the game, but she got to the end. Was she, was she at the end or top four or something think, like yeah, that? Well, so top four, if I remember correctly, yeah. But And in Tori's case, I'm kind of seeing that that can happen. Like, you have this person who... Sometimes she makes some some silly errors, but she also she's a smart woman, and I think she might be able to navigate her way and maybe, uh, maybe be like a goat at the end, yeah. or maybe turn things up and and end up winning. I don't know, but I could I could see her going far. Well, Definitely, that's... she she reminds me also like Angelina is a great comparison and Chaos Cass. I think the same. It's like a little bit, I yeah. know this. I'm just gonna say it, and then I'm confident in my ability to actually be able to navigate it because I think it's crazy. Like she's just very you know very open with sharing secrets and stuff all throughout the episode, and then they get to tribal council. And she's great at tribal council. Like yeah. she's great at elucidating her points and just mm-hmm. like explaining why she thinks things should go a certain way, and she never gets rattled, which I think is very impressive. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just gonna be her strategy: is like blow everything up. Something's gonna happen, and I'll just walk through the yeah. flames. Okay. Yeah, and like uh, and like Wendell's saying, that type of play can get you very far because people are like. Well, you're no you one's gonna win. vote for you. Yeah, we'll keep <laughs> you, you around. Could, but yeah, maybe she can. Maybe she can pull it off. We said when she started this season very, very poorly, uh, Tori. We're like, she escaped. She still survived, and she could be in this for the long run as she starts to figure some things out. Maybe leans in to that sort of like chaos cast type of uh, play, and maybe it works out for her. So yeah, we'll see if she can continue here. What do you think? I mean, she obviously did something right last night, Wendell. Where Swathi, she plays the shot in the dark. She's like. All right, you know, you know, I think she said something like, "I trust my alliance, but I don't trust Tori." So, <laughs> here's the little scroll, Jeff. Uh, let's see uh, whether I am safe or not. And once again, Wendell, not safe. What do you think about the shot in the dark? And also, if we are gonna keep this, because it's a nice little, I don't know, it's a, it's a, a, a potential out, or at least for some extra chaos. Should they change the odds? Uh, should they be a little bit better than one in six, or maybe every time somebody plays it, that the odds get a little better for the next person? What do you think? 
So last night, did you guys think that it was going to work? I did 100 percent. Totally. We all did. Yeah. Because it was like slow-mo and Jeff was taking his time. (laughs) We all, everyone thought it was going to work. So it's a it's a cool trick. Um, But again, one in six odds and you lose your vote. So there is a penalty for this this thing and your odds aren't great. In Survivor, a lot of purists don't like the like uh, those islands that you could be sent to, like Edge of Extinction, and maybe when you're way back and yep. things like that. They want some finality. When you're voted out based on the tribe, like you go home. That's what a lot of people that have like watched the show for a long time say and think. And in this case, because it's so slim that you can win it, and because there is a price that you pay for it, I kind of like how it's set up and. There are skeptics out there, and I'm not one of them because I, I think that Survivor is a very fair game. I think they do things to ensure fairness. But I have talked to people that are like, man, if there's the right opportunity, the like the perfect play for Survivor to abs- the 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 producers to absolutely need someone to stay in the game. Yeah, there is a potential. Like they have the ability to do something funny in that in that urn. I'm not saying that it's done. I'm not saying that it's ever done before. Prost, if you're listening, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> but, I'm just, but you can but see just, why that's where it could happen. We ain't seeing the dice roll. Yeah, we're not seeing the dice roll. Exactly, yes. Exactly. We yeah, want the so. roll, not the scroll. <laughs> but I'm with you, Wendell. I think like one in six is kind of perfect because this is a pre-merge thing, right? Like you're getting voted out and you're getting voted out early. But there is a chance that you could get saved here. So one in six seems fair to me, especially since you should have a, get a little bit of a reward if you're giving up your vote. So why are people in Survivor 42 taking this shot in the dark more than they ever did in Survivor 41? Is it because the players were better in 41, thus convincing people that they were safe when they went to Tribal Council? Did they get the rules explained better to them? Like, was it sort of like maybe the producers going, you know, if you're really not feeling good, like, go ahead and do it, you mm. know? Like, have a go, like... I, I guess I'm, I'm not sure that any of us have the answers to this, but uh, it is a little curious that Wendell, so many more people in four episodes here. Well, I mean, we've seen it three times already. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, Skeets, it could be in the confessionals. Yeah. The producer just gently reminding the castaway, <laughs> hey, you know, you also got that shot. <laughs> throw that in. Just throwing this out there. You know, you got a little scroll yeah. you can play if you want. Well, uh, remember... Season 41, uh, early early vote outs, like we were talking about Shan playing one of the greatest games ever. Yeah. It was like a blindside fest. So maybe yeah. maybe these are just more clear cut votes than we're really seeing come edit wise. Because, you know, there was a lot of big time moves in the first half yeah. of the season uh, the first time around. So that by the time they actually played a shot in the dark, you shouldn't have. <laughs> put, put me down for They were good play. at sniping. Yeah, yeah for sure. They were, but I would say that the quality of the players in the first half of the of 41 is not the same as 42 i think i think swathy played it perfectly and i think that every time we've seen the shot in the dark there's been a very good ch- that they've all gone home right i mean oh, yeah. they, they all should have they, so played it all yeah. played yeah. it correctly yeah. so and i just don't think that the others in 41 saw it coming really i mean I not to take anything away from Shan, but she played an awesome game and she was very good at blindsiding people yeah. In in that in that first tribe, the green tribe, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, anyway, well, speak- I I, th- I like the shot in the dark, me personally, and uh, I just love it. It's a, it's a hail mary, and as you say, Wendell, 
it, there's a punishment to it, so it has to be played properly. Yeah, so. that is true. I do always forget that they are losing their vote. So, you know, yeah, that, you know, that yeah. sucks. And as we if it, we've seen anything so far in this season, it's like uh, there's been a lot of people without votes and it makes the game it's a it's a new dynamic I think mm-hmm. to it. If we if we look at last season, we saw a lot of people with all these extra votes. Yep. And people uh, the fans are I'm try, I try to be in tune with the people that are loving the season and and hear the people that are hating the season. And I just try to, you know, hear their criticisms. And people didn't love that there were so many people with all these extra votes and whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you have this season, you got people losing votes. Mm-hmm. Right. And like last week's tribal, how there were only what, like two or three votes or something like yeah. that. So now we're seeing the other side of that. So you're seeing that people like you're seeing people can actually be penalized for not making the right moves on that. Mm-hmm. What, what are we calling that? Shipwheel that island? island? Shipwheel island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. Yeah, but also one more thing, and I know I'm kind of stream of consciousness. No, that's what we're place. doing here. Yeah, man. As far and you guys could always just shut me up at any time. <laughs> when you're talking too much, this is our show. Just let me know. <laughs> um. But as far as the shot in the dark, you were asking about the odds if the odds were to get better at any point or anything like that. And and if I think about it, as the game progresses and there are less people in the game, if your odds are getting better in the shot at the dark then it's less contingent upon your gameplay, your interpersonal relationships, yep. the the bonds that you built, and it's more contingent on, you know, this now one in three shot, which is much better odds yep. of you just playing a shot in the dark. Yep. And again, we want the game to be how these random individuals play on this island, not how lucky you can get. yeah yeah that's a great point at least uh even if people you know do have issues with oh there's so many idols and stuff like that well and you know this you at least have to put work in to find that idol you know you have to be out there searching through the jungle sticking in your hands until you know crevices that you don't want to stick your hand into at least you're doing some work and you're uh you know exhausting yourself whereas this yeah it's like throw a dart at a dartboard or yeah you just roll the dice and it's like oh Lucky for me, I'm staying, and you didn't really do all that much, so that's a great point. Um, let's talk about the Green Tribe this season, because this episode started, Wendell, with Daniel coming back from Tribal Council after that crazy one, like you said, where he says, I'm not going to Rocks, and then he had already lost uh, sort of that debate as to who was going home, Jenny or Lydia, and so Jenny goes home. Anyway, we get the post-Tribal Council, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts first, Wendell, on what happened last night and how Daniel handled that by saying, um, can we just go to bed? <laughs> Let's just sleep on it. I'd just like to sleep on it, and I'll talk to you in the morning, so I want to get your thought on that, and then just like, did that, did that ever happen sort of with you, like that, because I'm always fascinated by that post tribal council. It's dark out, it's late. You've been filming this tribal council for a while, I assume. You make the journey back, you are exhausted. And then it's like, well, we got to talk about this now, or are we going to go to bed? So let's start with what happened last night. What did, did you think Daniel handled that poorly, or, or could you make a case like, okay, a lot just went down at your first ever tribal council? Maybe it is the move to like, let's all just go to bed and, and actually talk it about talk about it in the morning. What do you think? Right. So I think I think I was rushing off my Instagram live to my TV. I don't know if I caught that that first first moment. 
So basically, they got back and he said, all right, let's go to sleep instead of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was just okay. like, you know, there's a lot to unpack here, but I really would just like to go to bed and we will handle this tomorrow. Yeah. And, and then, of so, course, the, the push, you know, the blowback was like, well, you can do that. This is Chanel. But she's like, I'd like to explain myself here. Yeah. So did she get to explain herself? Yeah. I mean, she did a, a pretty good job of lying. Lying and mm-hmm. and making yeah. Daniel look even worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, she's playing it great. She's like, yeah. I'm gonna say my one lie, and then that's it. And like, just go on with the rest of Survivor. He just seems to be wallowing in it a yeah. little bit right now. I'm sure he was okay. obviously down in the dumps when he got back. Oh yeah. If Daniel could have gotten everyone to go to sleep at that moment, I would have said, "Great gameplay." Right. right. <laughs> If he gets, <laughs> he needed to, he needed to drug everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back I back. question it. So essentially, at that tribal, he not only he threw Chanel under the bus four hundred and seventy-two thousand times, mm-hmm. and also he flipped on his alliance. Mm-hmm. Credit to High and how High stood his ground to where, instead of being um, allowing for Lydia to go home, High stood his ground and flipped the alliance. So now it would be like a High a, Lyd- a High Lydia. Daniel thing against Mike and Chanel. So great job, high. But again, Daniel comes back. He's going to have to make up with Chanel, who he threw under the bus, and Mike, their biggest, strongest guy, who could probably break him over his knee. And he's <laughs> he's going to have to find a way to reconcile what just happened. And a lot of times, it's it's it is good to have like a cool off period in the game of Survivor and and talk things or figure out things out the next day mm-hmm. um, because some people come back from tribal so amped up so like if, if I'm Chanel I might want to fight Daniel you know <laughs> if I'm I, I might want to talk all these things out I, I got blindsided in Ghost Island three or four episodes in me and Dom thought we had a plan the the guys that the, the tribe that merged uh, swapped into our tribe, yep. blindsided us and got our girl Morgan out. And I came back heated <laughs> and I didn't want to talk to anybody, but I didn't want to go to sleep yet. Yeah. So me and Dom took a walk to the, to the water and that's where he revealed to me that he had an idol. <laughs> so then it was like, all right, I was pissed, but now we have an out. We have, right. we have a way to maneuver this thing or we could just keep winning, which ultimately we kind of did. <laughs> yeah. But when you get back from tribal, it's very, very important that you like, no matter what happened, you got to piece things up with your tribe. You have to, if if your best friend was blindsided, you treat it like it was the best thing in the world. Hey, good job. Yeah. I, w- I was going to have to do that ultimately. You have to find a way to like spin it and look forward instead of being bitter and thinking about how you just got whatevered in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. I think like you, how could you not be, if it didn't go your way, <laughs> like just upset, oh, you know, li- yeah. you just like flustered. Explain yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, whereas the good players, it feels like, and I think even Hyde did that last night, you know, he was like suddenly like reconciling with Mike. Uh-huh. Like yeah. they became like best buddies uh, in, yeah. in the span of this episode where they're hugging each other and they're all loving each other and they feel tight now. And I thought Hyde did a really good job of like, now he's coming back happy because Lydia's still there and he sort of quote unquote won that tribal council. But even he um, was doing it tactfully in the, in the sense of like, 
yeah, everybody sort of got blindsided here, you know. So let me let me take you under my wing, Mike, and and now we're uh, we're cool, or at least we can move forward being cool. Yeah, considering the way the vote went, it's pretty impressive that High comes away with two really strong yeah. allies. It feels like Chanel would be more likely to go with those three than to stick with Daniel. So yeah, I mean, High is playing things perfectly right now. Like he he sensed from Daniel what everybody sensed. He's gonna fold on this negotiation if I just push hard on it. So he did. He won it, and he came out on top with a bigger alliance than he went in with. He's looking really good on that side of the tribes. So yeah, JD, what'd you think of... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Wendell. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to note about High. Yes, he's playing great, and he's going to be one of my one of my winner picks. Mm -hmm. um, when you come back after flipping after flipping the alliance, and now you're coming back to try uh, to, to camp with the alliance, it's easy to get complacent. It's easy to say... I don't have to talk to yeah. these people because mm -hmm. we're in the dominant alliance. That's the sign of a bad survivor play. Right. What High does is he does bring in Mike. They're buddy buddying. That is a good survivor player. So you always keep your options way open, no matter what just happened. So re big respect to uh, to High for that. Yeah. What do you think, JD? Just to sort of wrap up this, uh, the Green Tribe coming back here after that Tribal Council and how Daniel handled it and how everybody else handled it. Yeah. I mean. I agree with everything you guys just said. And there was also during um, during the challenge, the swim challenge. Was that the? That was the second that one. That was yeah. the, the, the immunity, immunity challenge. challenge. They did make a point. Mike, it was, it, it's high. He says, I can't believe we just did that. Yeah. I love you, They bro. were like hugging, like, like, like <laughs> slapping each other on the back. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like not only, uh, you know, I mean, they were basically on the other sides of each other's tribe. They were against each other the night before. And now... Uh, you know when they when sir when the producers put that in Wendell correct me if I'm wrong but that's they're they're telling the story of how the these enemies are now friends Mike is telling Hi that he loves him <laughs> like and that's because of Hi like because Hi basically did exactly what you just said Wendell he just brought him into the fold and made him uh and now they're bonded they, they seem inseparable I mean uh that kind of a challenge where they're just they're just going uh balls out and uh you know they're they're just they're just friends now and I love it I love mm -hmm. to see it yeah what what did you think Wendell of Mike when he confronted Daniel and like did you lie to me did you lie to me you lie to me and ultimately daniel does say yes right. and i think that's what you should do to a guy like mike he probably just wants to hear it yeah, straight but it. uh have you have, were you ever in, in situations like that wendell where someone's like hey did you lie to me and did you go oh do i say yes or do i just try and say no here and keep up the facade <laughs> yeah yeah mike was like you played me he, he, yeah. he was he he was feeling some type of way and i have met mike in real life and yeah he's a nice guy he's a sweetheart but like Mike is a tough guy from Hoboken, and <laughs> if he's confronting you in in not a nice manner, I could see how you could be a little intimidated sure, by that. Sure. So, um, I I don't think that I'd been I've been spoken to like that out there. Right. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> but I I don't think so. I mean, I've I've been in some not so great positions out there, and I've gotten blindsided and sent home, but. I don't think that I've been confronted like, did you lie to me or anything like that? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't want to smoke with me or something. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty funny. Uh, do you think, uh, to move to the, to the orange tribe, Taku, do you think they re overreacted 
to Jonathan saying his tribe is such a solid four? Or did he really like mess up? Like that was like, oh my God, what are you doing putting your foot in the mouth like that? What do you think? I think so. The target is on Jonathan. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not on Marianne who got super upset for him saying that they're so tight. <laughs> yeah. It's not on Omar. It's like Jonathan is the Goliath. He's the Thor. He's the guy that was able to get that ladder out of the the tsunami. He was the guy <laughs> who single-handedly wins all of these cha- challenges, and everyone's everyone's looking at him. And so, yeah, Marianne felt some kind of way because he said that they were so tight, and like they're he's he's proud of the tribe, and and they're very cohesive. But like, what what do you say if Probst is like, you know, you another dominant performance from you, uh, Aquaman, Jonathan? Like, <laughs> what do you? How do you respond? Yeah, you you can to. respond and put it all on your tribe. Hey, all like Marianne did a great job, and Omar, and it was all them. But it's clear you're a foot taller, seven hundred pounds bigger. You could do a thousand pull ups, like. It's clear that it is you. Yeah. <laughs> You're the reason why it's all going on. So I think I think he responded. It, it, it's hard because, like, you don't go to survivor school before you go out for your first season of Survivor. <laughs> right. And, again, they're, they're eight days in, seven days in, eight days in. Like, I, 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 I feel for, for Jonathan because he wants to be proud. They just won. They're immune. But, again, man, like his target just keeps, gets bigger and bigger <laughs> that's not definitely not getting smaller though i will say the one where they're like pointing out like uh oh he did it all i actually was like okay hold on he was a part of the <laughs> yeah. team but this was one where everybody had to shoot the ball mm-hmm. like into the little target everybody did a pretty good job at least by way of editing they all had to do like the rope thing like that's a team effort i was like he wasn't like ripping the rope and like uh, you know like <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. So like I was like CrossFit style. Of all the challenges, <laughs> I actually think this was a bit of a team one. And he just said what feels like Wendell they say all the time on Survivors, like yeah, just proud of the team. You know, <laughs> I guess it was the word "solid four yeah. that really got Marianne's mm-hmm. eyes popping because she's like she's probably thinking, oh no, now we make it to the merge because we'll probably never lose with this guy. And everybody's going to be like, well, we got to get out of these four because they're solid because the big giant dude said that. But I also think it was a little bit of an overreaction on their part. They're going to assume that they're a strong four. They just annihilate it. If they all four of them make it to the merge, four strong, there's no way that they aren't going to be perceived as a threat, no matter what Jonathan says. And yeah, he's the biggest target for sure. Are you Did, sure? Because when they said Goliath, he looked around like it could be somebody else. Be, <laughs> me? Who, me? me? <laughs> <laughs> Throw him off the scent. Uh, a good point, though, um, from MNTC fan here in the live tribe it was their rope strategy he did have solid rope strategy no, he did, on that for one sure, he was sure. calling out the the ins and the outs but i also think like he just got kind of put in a bad spot by probes because i feel like it was jeff who asked him first are you a, have you found your core tribe right. what's he supposed to say yeah yeah no i'm carrying us <laughs> also, you know like he's gotta he's gotta respond to jeff and uh, if they didn't we like say it. that like he yeah, yeah, well that's true I, I was just gonna note that if we say like yeah this is the tribe challenge and it was everyone doing their part that got them there and yeah that's true Mm -hmm. but we've all we've all been on a team we played where there is like a very talented player that is also a good leader Mm -hmm. right and 
they can make your team that much better. And I think in this case, you have someone that is a physical specimen and he's able to uplift everyone's game kind of sort of in these challenges. So like, yeah, yeah, it is a team event, but when you have somebody so good, so strong that like can put you on his back when he needs to, I think it just, it helps you play a lot better. Is they there... think they're going to win every time they go in for a challenge. Oh. And it kind of feels like the other tribes are like, we don't have a chance. They've got Goliath. Yeah. And they feel, it feels yeah. like they're beating they're playing they for even second get there. for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's that's true. It's uh yeah, if you were hooping it would be like having a young Shaq on your oh, team. They got You're Wendell, like, man. What yeah. are we supposed to do? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um and and we'll we'll take a break here in a second, but Jonathan uh Wendell like any chance he pulls out like an ultimate soul survivor victory, or is it just like impossible for a guy like yeah. obviously this skilled at these challenges to, to win this game or what's his move? Like if you were to be like, all right, here's my advice for you to go as far as you can. Like, what would you even say to him? Yeah. So I have, I have a little personal vendetta against Jonathan that uh, <laughs> I can tell you guys about or whatever, but regarding him and his game alone, I don't, I don't see him getting, like, as soon as they get a shot at him post-merge, it's a wrap for homeboy. Right, mm-hmm. right. So I can't, I can't see it. Granted, like, you know, there we've seen times where challenge beasts get to the end and they don't win. Yeah, uh, yeah. Culpepper Cole, Cole and Game Changers. Um, was that Game Changers? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, on the return we, one. We see, yeah. yeah, well, we see, we see, like, there, there's a scenario. Yeah, he's he's big and strong, but there are other factors that go into someone winning the game. Yeah, but you also don't want to be com- competing in all these individual immunity challenges against a Goliath that could very well, very easily win seventy five percent of these challenges. Yeah, that just skews the game, and you got to play a different game. Yeah, so I don't I don't see him making it too far post merge. If you ask me, he's got merge boot written all over him. A lot of those merge challenges aren't necessarily built for the Goliath to True. win. It's more so, yeah. all right, anyone that can balance something or, hey, <laughs> yeah. something, you know. <laughs> so that that's that's my take on it. I don't I I don't see him. And he said he's like, I'm here. Anyone can use me for anything, and that's what I'll be here for. And I, I guess if that's what you're telling yourself, like, hey, you got to find a way to take this target off of you. You're gigantic. But I, I don't see it. These these people are good players. Yeah, I think uh, maybe it was um, the Survivor know-it-alls that came up. Maybe one play, though, is because they have just no food out there in these new seasons, like no rice, is there a chance he hangs around longer because they're like, if he can get out in the water, and I mean, like, why wouldn't this guy be able to do it? He probably just goes out into the water and grabs the fish <laughs> with his hand or he, like, grabs him with, with his, his teeth. teeth. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that maybe they're just like this idea of like, well... It makes for a more enjoyable stay for me for a couple more nights uh, that him just staying around and supplying, uh, you know, food like as if he's like Ozzy or something like that, like a pumped up Ozzy. Uh, maybe, but I'm with you, Wendell, like the chance that they can get the first chance where he doesn't win an individual immunity if he's there, even at the merge. Uh, yeah, you would you'd almost be silly not to like just take this guy out. Of, like take take him off the board because yeah, yeah. he give could us win us all a better chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like. Like I like you and Dom, like you were saying, like you guys are like were sort of like much much better. I would say for the most part, like in a lot of these challenges. Um, but you had each other. Like there's that balance, and there's like he doesn't even have like a second person. It doesn't appear at least that would like 
hey, we can do this together because it's better. It's in our best interest to keep each other around. You know, like sort of team Omar up like says that. Brain shield, though. Yeah, the brain shield and the meat shield. <laughs> the brain shield maybe, and the meat shield. Maybe I think he's in for a rough go here because I, th- I think he's I mean, coming back though on Survivor. I think they're setting us up oh, for yeah. that. He'll be back yeah. uh, at some point. He's just he's been fun to watch in challenges. And David versus Goliath too, but he's the only him. Goliath, and there's 15 <laughs> Davids. <laughs> Can you beat Jonathan? That'd be awesome. That's not bad actually. Yeah. Wendell is is provider like a respected role when you're on the island? Are you really giving props to the person who's catching fish or whatever it may be? I think your first season, yeah, I I do. I think, like, we, Sebastian, on my season, Sebastian is like a fish. He's like a shark. Yeah, He would go out there and catch a bunch of stuff. He caught a lobster for us on day, like, one or two. Yeah. And we were like, wait, this is what Survivor's like? Cool. So, yeah, (laughs) people people that provide. And with me, I was building a lot of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was, they, they, I was... I was cool socially with everyone, but I think it was a definitely an added benefit that I could build a lot of stuff out there to make camp life more comfortable. So those roles are, are pretty coveted. Yeah. We are in the new era with a 26 day season. It's not as long. Mm -hmm. So maybe people aren't as people are like, all right, I just got to stick this out another two weeks. So we could let go of the provider. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I wonder. Well, I got uh, all those fish last night too. That was a that was a, like a mother load of fish. These things were gigantic. No, those were decent sized fish, <laughs> decent according sized. to probes. Yeah, <laughs> they looked to be large <laughs> fish. Whoppers. Yeah. I also uh, they slipped it into the episode because I think probes said like, "Wow, rough night last night." There, you know, it sounded like it was a, yeah, a bit of a torrential downpour. At least rained. Uh, we didn't see any of it on the on the episode, but he notes that. Do you think? The Orange Tribe just, like, stands under Jonathan? <laughs> Does he just, like, put his arms out and everybody just huddles under him like he's, like, like a cave or something like that? So maybe yeah, that's no, another bro. reason to keep him. Uh, all right, so we got lots more to talk about here with our guy Wendell Holland, winner of Ghost Island. Uh, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll get into some tree mail and talk a little bit more about this episode. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, back with No Buffs here, breaking down episode four of Survivor 42 with our guy, Wendell Holland. Um, Wendell, before we get to tree mail, I got to ask you, because you slipped it in there. You said you had a a personal vendetta, I believe were your words, (laughs) with Jonathan. If you 
are if you want to share this story, I mean, we're all ears. I don't mind sharing at all. All right. What does this mean? I'm no uh, stranger to controversy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go. Uh-oh. No, I actually am a stranger to controversy. I don't like controversy. But um, no, regarding Jonathan. So myself and Bryce Isaiah and Jack Atkins. Bryce is from Survivor Kagayan. Jack Atkins was on The Circle. Yep. We podcast about Survivor um, on the Purple Pants podcast. That's Bryce's podcast. Yep. And Bryce has what some would say is a crush on Jonathan. <laughs> okay. So when uh, when we were potting about the, the last episode, not, not last night, but a week ago, and he saw Jonathan beast the challenge with the ladder. Yep. And, you know, when, basically, as we've seen this whole season, he carried his whole tribe on his back and won the challenge. Bryce really enjoyed the fact that he, he like, let's just say he loves Jonathan. So sure. Bryce was saying on the podcast, Bryce said that he wishes that, that he was the latter. Bryce wanted to be the latter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So on the pod, I pull out my phone and I'm like, I go right to Jonathan's Instagram account. And I, I wrote, he has a photo of him holding the ladder. Yep. And I wrote, Bryce thinks he's the ladder. Or Bryce wants to be the ladder. Right. It's a joke, my friend. It's a joke, Jonathan. So he doesn't like it. He doesn't comment back. Cool. But <laughs> a bunch of the what Bryce calls the Purple Pants Posse, the listeners of the Purple Pants podcast, yep. they start commenting, Bryce is the ladder. Bryce is the ladder. Oh, boy. So, like, oh, boy. <laughs> This Alabama boy gets all of these messages from a bunch of Bryce's followers saying that Bryce is the latter. I don't know how he took that, but he ended up turning his comments on that post oh, off. He was, he was oh. over it. He was over it. Okay. And so that is that's where my uh, that's where my beef starts. <laughs> well, I don't want no problems with Jonathan because you know he's he's a strong big guy. But uh, yeah, I just I just was taken aback. Like man, this this fool is joking. He always finds somebody to joke on every season. Right. And Jonathan took it seriously. Okay. Well, there it is. There it is. Uh, maybe there'll be a, yeah, a rebuttal. We'll hear from Jonathan at some point. Maybe we'll he see. should put the photo back up or keep it there, I guess, and tag Bryce as the latter uh, in the post. That's how he could uh, make that's it. That's all. That's all you got to do. It'd be to very like, funny. You know, yeah. Just have fun. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, JD, let's get to tree mail here. Okay, we got some, uh, well, we actually have some sort of comments, be it questions a little bit more about Jonathan. I thought this one was hilarious from our friend uh, Gourmet Spud up in Canada. He wrote in by way of Twitter and tweet at us, at NoDunksInc, that's I-N-C on the end, or you can leave your comments in the YouTube section. Uh, do you think the producers have a plan for a scenario where Jonathan gets voted out but simply refuses to leave the game. Like he just says, I'm not leaving. And he goes back to camp and he continues to live with the tribe and he insists on competing in challenges. <laughs> would the Fijian police have to get involved? Maybe the military? Feels like you would need 15 to 18 guys minimum to move him off the island. This is just a really yeah. fun thought experiment, Wendell. I love the idea of like, <laughs> Jonathan, obviously this uh, you know huge giant of a man just saying, nope, sorry, Jeff, I'm not going. And then like, I feel like Propes would step to him, though. You know, I feel like Propes would get a little crazy to Zai and say, no, we're going to fight. <laughs> Hat off. Yeah. 
anyway, I like the idea of probes stepping to Jonathan after he's been voted off and uh, have him removed. But just a funny comment there uh, from yeah. Gourmet Spud. Anything to add to that, Wendell? Uh, yeah, Gourmet Spud. Good, good question. Great question, actually, because, you know, nobody's moving that man. And probes. Probes has a tendency to like really like those like the alpha males. Oh yeah, those are Probes. Those are his guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but Probes is also a tough guy. So Steve <laughs> might be right. Probes might just <laughs> might just step up yeah. to this man. But if it ain't Probes, it will take. Uh, I don't know if the Fijian government or military could do it. So it might take like NATO. You know, we might have to could get have NATO sent in the American military to remove him from the game. Yeah, how, that's a, that's just a fun question there. How many normal sized, decent sized men would it take to take down Jonathan? To use Probes' terms. Uh, and then this is another one here decent from Zachary. Size. It's very funny. Um, we need Jonathan to go to Shipwheel Island to see if he would just sprint up the hill like he did as a kid. Uh, remember we got that story from, you know, within this episode, which was really wild. Jonathan, like, sharing this thing, like, did he not say when he was three years old his dad would wake him up to do, like, pull-ups 13. Thir- uh, 13, okay. <laughs> that makes yeah, more he, sense maybe, than three. he maybe started doing push-ups when he was three years okay, old or something. Okay, I don't know. I, don't know. He's I, been, I mean... You've got to be working out a long time to have muscles that oh, big. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know? so, yeah, will he get sent to Shipwheel Island, and will he just sprint up it? Very funny comment there from Zachary. And then we what have – go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was oh. just going to say about that, that that montage we got of Jonathan at that point, I thought it was his obituary, man, because sometimes they show these, like, you know, yep. these deep cuts or these, you know, they show a little more about people right when it might be their night to go home or – shortly thereafter so mm-hmm. that's true take I mean, that mm-hmm. into account as we get further in the game or into the merge maybe maybe we got our you know deep cuts of jonathan and maybe he's on his way out it's, I don't know. it's possible i knew it wasn't looking good for swathy when you know roxroy gave her the compliment yeah, of like how right. she's blooming out there so much. she's grown into this different person i was like oh that's mm-hmm. that's not good you don't want to have that you know, in the edit uh, when you are up for possibly going home and ultimately she did. Though I, I will say too, I've been thinking about this, Wendell. These like, uh, well, are you a fan of like these little like backstory segments where we see maybe some photos from, you know, their childhood or we get like their story, like where they came from and how they got into the show and stuff like that. Do you like them overall being included or what's your thought? I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I, I, I like the, I like the diversity of the cast mm-hmm. and I like that we can shine a light on these different people because, you know, now now everybody has someone to root for. And if we could see a little bit of their backstory, then people can connect. And when I was talking to Bryce about Jonathan's story, Bryce is like, this is something that I'll never know. You know, like your father waking you up and making you do all the pull ups and sprint up a mountain and wrestle bears or whatever he has to do. (laughs) But but some people. I, uh, some people do that and some people have those kinds of fathers. And so I will say I do like just seeing a, seeing a little bit more about these castaways. Yeah, and I think it's sort of cool maybe over these last two seasons getting these little uh, clips because we don't have the family visit anymore too. And yeah, I think that, that was always a moment where you got to learn a little bit more about the actual person because of who was out there, their loved one, you know, be it, be it uh, a, a significant other or kids or whatever, stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, that's great. That as well. um, if you can't bring people in, let's at least 
at least lets us see how people are living uh, back home, which yeah. I think is uh, pretty cool. But I'm kind of with you, Wendell. It feels like Survivor Wikipedia should add a column like has had a flashback so that you know. Because <laughs> uh. like, if you haven't had a flashback in the first four episodes, like you're probably going a little bit further on here, you know? Yep, that's a good point. All right, our next one is from Bryce. I don't think you're Bryce. Another Bryce. Spelled differently, oh. so it's a different Bryce. Um, my wife and I just got into Survivor with Winners at War. Uh, which obviously featured uh, Wendell. Yeah, maybe maybe not Wendell's uh, favorite season. Yeah. Uh, As Survivor newbies, our lingering question is, why does everybody tell each other about the idols and advantages they have? It seems like it would help your gameplay and you'd be less of a target if you kept them secret. Thanks. Again, that's from Bryce Wendell. Um, And this was something we sort of alluded to earlier on in this episode, especially now over these last two seasons, this like the diarrhea of the mouth, as you called it. It's just like, I got something. Or I know something, I'm telling somebody else. And it's really weird. Yeah. It's like, what is it just boredom? Is it just the, the faster gameplay? It's that you're trying to use it to your advantage. I get that, building bonds, but it seems excessive. And everyone goes out there knowing that they're not supposed to do yeah. that. That's what's even yeah. crazier. Yeah. And so, then you get out there and something happens and all of a sudden now as soon as you find something cool, you want to share it and to, to try to solidify a bond or whatever. And... I don't get it. I don't. It's it's not smart. Any of us old survivor purists from back in the day will say you're not supposed to do that. So uh, yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Did you ever pick up a piece of information and then tell it to somebody and you're like, what? What am I doing? What am I doing? Like instant regret. Winners at War. I can't really speak on that because I didn't do anything good that season. But in Ghost Island, um, I. I opened up to Dom, I think, at the merge when, again, he and I felt like we were on the bottom because basically right at the merge, Chris Noble, our arch nemesis, took (laughs) every single person and brought them to the water well and said like that they were going to split the votes on me and Dom. Mm. And me and Dom are just sitting there by ourselves like, uh, (laughs) what are we going to (laughs) do? And... I knew that Dom had an idol, and I think at that moment I told him I had one. So I'm like, look, bro, we got ammo. Right. Let's do this together. Because mm-hmm. um, the the name of the game with me and Dom, we truly felt like for a lot of the game, our backs were literally against each other's, and we were trying to, like, fight <laughs> people off. And, and I guess I was just trying to show him, like, look, we do have this other piece of ammo if we need it. Mm-hmm. But... Fortunately, that episode, Chris Noble kind of just buried himself. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, you're I. There's a time and a place to share information, and I don't think we've seen that time or place in these first nine days in this season. But people are still sharing it. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. There's obviously there some you can use it to your advantage, uh, having one of these idols, having whatever it is, the information. And then to share it with someone, but it's just like, it's so rapid fire. It's like people find out and they use it right away. And it just seems like, oh my goodness, like everybody knows everybody's business instantaneously. Yeah. Which is weird. It's just a, it is a different gameplay and maybe it's the speed of the game or the shorter game. I, I mean, who knows? I think it's good for the person who finds the advantage first because they're going to tell whoever it is, but then that person's going to tell. And then you can be like, Hey, they told my secret. And it's almost like we've forgotten, like, you know, the whole thing started last night between uh, who's going to go, Tori and Swafi, because of Drea's extra vote. 
and all of her advantages ended up meaning nothing. Like yeah. she's the one that's actually the threat that has the stuff that could be a problem. True. But talking about it has been the bigger issue. So it's like kind of a double whammy of why are you telling? Why are you telling? Hey, why are you telling? But we just got to keep talking. Yeah, I was almost shocked watching last night's episode when Roxroy we learned, didn't know about the extra vote. I was yeah, like, oh my God, yeah. somebody actually doesn't know something. Like, uh, no one uh, cared to tell him about that. No, I thought he actually play- he handled yeah. it really well for not knowing a piece of information. He was like, okay, all right, well, we'll move on. He's a he's a fascinating character too, uh, Roxroy, and uh, we can maybe get to him when we like uh, look at the uh, next time on Survivor because it looks like he might play a part in that. Um, well, actually, no, this goes perfectly because I heard this question on the know-it-alls, Wendell, and I just wanted to ask you, and it's about Roxroy because Romeo keeps telling us, like, oh, my God, this guy is bossy. Like, he is telling me how to blow on the fire, for crying out loud. And uh, Romeo's killing it. I thought that was a hilarious scene and, like, the way they edited that together. But who is the bossiest person you played with, Wendell? Where you're just like, all right, give it up. Like, okay, I get it. Like, uh, does anyone yeah. come to mind or were you fortunate enough that there wasn't really anyone? Yeah. So uh, a couple people. So... Dom was pretty bossy at Ghost Island to start. Dom and Chris Noble, there was this power struggle okay. about who, sh- who like, you know, can build the best shelter or whatever. They, like, they wanted to take charge, and everybody knows I can build the best shelter. But <laughs> they, so I just sat back, and I just followed, you know, their leads with regards to building the shelter. Chris Noble was pretty bossy. Yeah. Dom... You know, maybe not as bossy, but more so. Uh, Dom is Dom is like a natural leader. He's wise. He's older. So, and and he wanted to take charge. So yeah, like I don't I I don't know if I'd call it bossy, but but definitely Chris Noble. And then um, on Winners at War, yeah, let's hear that one. <laughs> it seemed like a lot of people. Well, everyone knew that I was going to be building the shelter. That's what, you know, they allowed me to do. They saw me on Ghost Island. They were like, Wendell, you build the shelter with whoever. So I was doing it with Tony. But I feel like, and I was just on the edge with him, so it was a different dynamic. But I feel like Boston Rob um, might might be that guy. Yeah, they said that on Uh, Know-It-Alls, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to say too much bad about Boston Rob because my – engagement with him was on the edge which is this purgatory it's purgatory it's not like we're not really playing the game we're kind of playing it you're kind of winning these advantages and stuff out there but Mm -hmm. you're really just waiting for the fight back challenge Mm -hmm. to get in the game yeah so when i was out there with rob we're talking about like you know his his trips across africa and like i was learning that this guy is way more dynamic than i would have ever thought and his worldview was a lot broader than I would have ever thought. Hmm. So I connected with him on that level. But as I heard things about him when I was still in the game before I was voted out, I was like, man, is this guy like is this guy like a dictator? Like how <laughs> how was he really running this tribe? Ben had some things to Ben was not loving Rob out there. And, oh, wow. and he let us know. That's funny. So, uh, that's, what, what do you think little... of uh, what do you think of Roxroy and his standing in his tribe and and what we've seen at least from uh, the television show through four episodes and yeah maybe maybe being the the dad like figure and maybe uh, he doesn't realize that how bossy maybe he's coming off. I've mentioned purists a few times and like Roxroy is like a vestige of old survivors so <laughs> yeah I think that people can respect that 
I think that there are people that respect a hard worker. And I think that in the newer age survivor, people, if you, if you really think about it, people don't need a shelter. They could literally build a fire and lay in the sand next to the fire. Right. But there's something to a hard worker going out there and wanting to get things done and wanting things do the done the right way with structure. And I respect that. And I think that I would take to his bossing me around differently than because I, I look at myself as that a hard worker that wants to get in the trenches and do these things. But I think that, you know, it rubs people, some other people the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. It rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's even not to put words in your mouth, but I think when you were like describing Dom, even you could see why some people were like, "Yeah, I want to follow this guy," and so it doesn't come off as bossy. But someone else, like, why do I have to listen to this guy? Why do I want to listen to this guy? And then, then that's bossy to you because like they're explaining or thinking what you should do, and that's the dynamic I think going on with Roxroy here, Trey. It's like, oh yeah, that and they're and they're younger, and exactly, you know, right. and he does, uh, you know, he he's a straight shooter, so. It, probably it gets a little irritating at least the way Romeo was explaining it. <laughs> yeah I mean being told to put sticks on a fire yeah. would probably be a little frustrating <laughs> yeah yeah man that's a, that's a fire that, that is what a fire information. is <laughs> I appreciate it I needed to know sticks on a fire yeah that's a good point yeah JD I, I saw you sort of uh, peek up there uh, when um, Wendell said that Roxroy does feel like an older survivor mm. player yeah uh, you agree with that uh, totally I mean you know He's ev- he's the quintessential old guy on Survivor being annoyed with the kids around him, you know? I mean, and that's that's fine. I mean, it's nice to have that kind of guy around. Uh, but it seems to, after listening to Swathi, uh, getting back to bossiness, it sounds like Drea is the one that's uh, holding down the fort yeah. over there. And uh, it, it reminded me when she was talking about it, it uh, of Boston Rob, when he, uh, I can't remember which season... He just kept his whole tribe on lockdown, remember? Like, oh, yeah. Nobody is going anywhere by themselves, and that seems to be how it was in Swathi's tribe. And she was putting the – blame is a hard word, but uh, but the uh, she was basically saying it was because of Drea, basically keeping everybody on lockdown. So, uh, yeah, I mean – and Roxroy is on that tribe, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, – it's interesting, but yeah, I love I love the, uh, the I can't remember who it was in the challenge. Basically, whoever was sitting out was yelling at them, "Pull the rope!" It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just there's a lot of cutaways of of just the most obvious advice, you know. And uh, but I guess that's Survivor, and that's you know what people feel the need to say, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. sitting on the sidelines. Did you, Wendell, uh, in either of your season, was that a thing like? don't leave without somebody else like the buddy system like rob has uh, put in play before boss and rob or just this idea of like we all have to have our eyeballs on each other or was it not that like lockdown uh in your seasons <laughs> uh ghost island was not so locked down yeah and we were in good control of all the special things on the island so <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> or a lot of them so so yeah walk wherever you want the idol is in my pocket the other one's in my buddy's pocket you know take mean? a look yeah knock yourself out go ahead take a swim you know do what you need to do uh winners at war people were i think people were more skeptical of people taking walks actually i absolutely can say with 100 percent certainty i remember when i was swapped to the selly tribe 
the Blue Tribe. There it is. Um, I was there with uh, I was there with Michelle. I was Nick, Parvati, and Yule, and myself. And this is the tribe that I was on Navidi Beach at for pretty much my whole time on, on Ghost Island, except for a small part when I was with Yanuya, and then it was the Merge Beach as well. Okay. So literally two years prior, I was on this very beach for my my whole wonderful 39 days right. where I lived out my dream as a Survivor fan and won the show. Uh-huh. So like Good memories I get there. swapped yeah. on great, the best memories, yeah. you know? Me and Dom did this here. We hit this there. <laughs> we voted out this person there. We made fun of Chris Noble over there. Like the best of memories, you right. know? And we were running circles around these people on this on this island. So when I got back to that beach, literally just two years after, and I'm just trying to take it all in. And then I just start walking around, not looking for idols. I promise you, not looking for idols. Just remembering these, like the best of these moments I had. <laughs> and this was before like my, my, uh, my game kind of tanked. It was <laughs> right when I got to this tribe, our tribe was looking good. Me, Yule, Nick, Parv, Michelle. We like we had like kind of some youth and a lot of strength and we we should have been able to win every challenge. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not I'm not on this island thinking that my game is going to end in a week or, you know, yeah. short soon. I'm on this island, like trying to take everything back in, looking for markings or, or places where I, I nailed things in, looking for our old campsite. And then I get back. And I'd get questioned like, <laughs> yeah, you were out you were out there looking for idols. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I, I promise you I No, I was just I out there <laughs> reminiscing. I mean, that also sounds yeah, a little like, weird. <laughs> I, I'm a sentimental guy. All right, fine. I might have been, been looking for idols. Okay. <laughs> but, no, but but I was I was also like the I'd say 90% of me was like taking things in at that moment. Right, so right. winners at war, everyone's skeptical of you. Winners at War or Returnee Seasons. Yeah. Everyone is out there for to play the game. They're mm-hmm. sharks. They're out there for the check. They're not out there because they love Survivor. I mean, I it, it seemed like there was a different composition of the players, especially at Winners at War with people that played three and four and five and six, in Rob's case, times. Yeah. So, and had one, too. Yeah. Had that, so... Um, and they're winners yeah. and some people that only won one time and only played one time yeah. like myself so we come back uh, last we're 100 percent. last yeah. time we won so we're all coming back like i'm gonna do it again <laughs> and it, it's, it's just a different it's a different game uh something you shared i think on instagram recently you know speaking of your two seasons i thought was fascinating this idea of like the edit that you can get and how they can you know paint your character First one, you go on to win, so it makes more sense that they are going to like build you up. You're sort of the hero of that season, you know, along with Dom there and this awesome battle. And then it was just completely reversed in Winners at War, and you know, you you get to you get the the, the poor edit, I guess, just the uh, oh, this yeah. guy's the bad guy. Um, yeah. And you know, and then you talked about sort of like the blowback you got online from that. It must that must have mm-hmm. been well. I mean, you can speak to it, but just how trippy that that just the tilt there of I'm the hero and now I'm the worst, you know, person to ever play survivor in the eyes of some weird people online. Yeah. There's so many levels to it, man. So I, 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 I was one of the most recent winners. I thought I was a very good winner. I thought I was a great ambassador for the show. 
since winning. I'd gone and I'd speak in, I'd had speaking engagements all over the place. I'm championing the the show Survivor to everybody, right? And I love this show. Right. And I thought I played a very clean game the first time. One with the first tie in history. All the like I was I was on a high, man. I was so excited. And I knew that I was one of Probes's guys. I was one of his people. He fought for me to get on the show. I was not supposed to get on the show. He went into offices because like uh he, he said he said to me, he went into Les Moonves's office and said that I need to be on the show. Wow. He fought for me. He said that um and then when when I started seeing the pre-press and everything, I was his winner pick before the season even started. And I was the first winner that he had ever picked. So like there was so much going on to to make me love this show even more than I loved it. Sure. And so then I come back for Winners at War. It was just me and Nick. Nick was the guy that won right after me. We were the two most recent winners. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to play not as clean as I played before, but I'm not gonna be a bad person out there. And then when I watched my edit, I felt like they gave me an edit because Michelle and I did have history. We dated yep. for a small amount of time during Ghost Island. We happened to be on the same tribe. Going into that season, her and I were on the phone every week talking strategy, talking about who we've talked to, figuring out our plays and our plans, and coming to the decision that when we get out there, we're not going to – everyone's going to know that we have history, so we're going to not not be like this. We're not going to be so close but we'll give each other some distance. And so in giving each other some space and me not really talking bad about her or our our relationship, um, except for when they were trying to get me to say in confessionals that she was my girlfriend. Right. And the, the truth of the matter is we dated briefly. So it wasn't on that serious level. Mm-hmm. And so I said like, I was like, nah, she wasn't my girlfriend. We kicked it. And so, like, I got a lot of blowback <laughs> from that. And everyone's like, oh, Wendell's a douchebag. Wendell's me, blah, blah, blah. So then I voted out. I also voted out some of the greatest players. Like, I don't want to go to the end and sit next to Yule. Yeah. I don't want to go to the end and sit next to Parvati. And it makes sense to vote out a Parv especially if she wasn't on your original tribe, you get swapped on a tribe with her. You have the numbers. So yeah, let's take out someone that is not with us. That's not in our Alliance. Fast forward to the next tribal. Um, Yule started gunning for me because Yule, no, me, Michelle, Nick, and Yule had a pregame arrangement. We spoke, we had a pregame kind of Alliance. Yule was on the periphery of that Alliance so I'm like, all right, I have allies. I'm going to vote Yule out. Right. He's also brilliant, yeah. mm-hmm. a great player. Everyone loves him. But so I voted out Yule and Parvati back to back. I got so much backlash <laughs> um, from on, on my social media. It was it it, it brought me to a, a very, very low place that I've never been to before in my life. And it was a combination of the edit, which didn't show a holistic picture of me. It showed like a lot of the not so great moments. Yep. Combine that with me going for players that are 
like survivor legends. I'm voting out the legends and I'm just the new kid that just won two years ago. Yeah. It was the perfect storm. And Parv is one of Probst's favorite players. Mm-hmm. I'm voting if, word to the wise. If you go on a season with returnees, <laughs> don't go after the legends or Probst's favorite players. Like it doesn't make, I, I learned that the hard way. Wow. So all that made for a very crappy edit. And it took me to a very bad place. I try to laugh it off now, but I was it was it wasn't so good. So, but I'm thankful that I was able to see both sides. Yeah, both I had extremes. Great, yeah, I had the terrible edit, and a lot of people don't have the um, a lot of people don't have that winner. A lot of people don't win. They don't get that winner's edit, so they don't see that side. But I was fortunate enough to see both sides, and that I think brings me to some kind of like middle ground regarding the show wow absolutely uh and it must like and i feel like you're this type of person anyway but like it must give you like so much uh sympathy for people out there either right now uh and you know even like if you look at daniel right now you know not a good couple weeks for him (laughs) and i'm sure he's hearing all about it uh on social media and just uh how evil it can be or how mean it can be and you know look we have our laughs here on our show too but like it's like this is not life or death i mean this is a survivor you know (laughs) like we do not hate these people you know if you look at them as a as a character just on a television show then it's like uh makes it a little easier but they are humans and uh People go and say weird things on the internet. So I just, yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to get your take on that because yeah. I saw that post. I was like, yeah, wow, you really have had both extremes in a pretty short window there, uh, from thirty six to to forty with winners at war. Two two years. Yeah, yeah, two, two years. years. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was something. You but say, I will uh, say as go ahead. Oh, uh, you say we shouldn't. Uh, if we ever get on a season with returnees, we shouldn't go for any of Probst's favorites. So who should we be aiming for if we get out there? <laughs> Who's low on the totem pole? <laughs> Yeah, uh, so uh, I'm I'm pro to everyone listening. I'm Probe's absolute favorite player ever. So <laughs> smooth, if if you see me out there, you I you need me to get to the end with you. Yeah. Just, he's just thinking ten steps out. ahead is what he's doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's slick. <laughs> uh, I do have one more um, sort of question here, part of Tree Mail. This is from Kevin. He his question is if you could construct a future season, what would you make it? And Kevin wants like to go back to the themes because right now we're just Survivor 41, Survivor 42, you know. Mm. Where is the David versus Goliath? Where is the uh, beauty brains and brawn and all that? But Kevin had a few ideas and I wanted to throw them at you guys one at a time, obviously Wendell included. So Kevin said, "What about this? Survivor the Great North." So Kevin says, "You go to Alaska or maybe somewhere in Canada." We never had a cold season of Survivor. The ultimate curveball <laughs> twist might not even be a gameplay twist. It might be a location twist. So, yeah, we are we are stuck right now in Fiji, uh, Wendell, but what about a cold season of Survivor? No way? Interested? What do you think? I think there is some... <laughs> There's some appeal to watching people in, like, no clothes running around on a beach. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there's that. But... um. I think that would be an awesome twist. I think you might have some people quitting. Probst hates quitters. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yep. But that would be that would be interesting to watch. But man, don't put me out there in Alaska. <laughs> don't, don't have me. 
<laughs> okay, we will we will not book Wendell for uh, Survivor of the Great North. Yeah. All right. I would maybe start with a chilly one before going full on cold. Oh, you want to <laughs> yeah. build our yeah, way yeah, up? Like we got to wear a turtleneck, not a down parka or yeah, something okay. like that. Okay, okay. How about this one? This is similar to something we've already seen before, but Survivor second to none is the little catchphrase there. We've done a season of all winners, uh, which Wendell was a part of, so why not do a season of all second or third place finishers who've never won? Bring back players like Dreams, Russell Hance, Colby, Amanda, Fishback, Dom. And here's the big twist. I like this part. By participating in this season, they can never return for any future seasons. <laughs> Which is like, whoa. Damn. Yeah, I know. It's like, you got to really <laughs> you think twice win. about this one. Uh, yeah, so second to none, Wendell. Is there something there? So people that go to the end, so but you, don't win. You have all these players who did very well. Yes competing so that one person will win yep. and none of them will be able to come back ever again. That's correct. According to Kevin. Yes. Second to Ooh, none. That's tough. That's hard. That's Kevin, tough. man, you are a sick individual. But I, I like the idea. I like the idea of these. I like the idea of like the second placers because yeah. there are a lot of people that played at a very high level. Dom could have won a lot of seasons. Um, there are so many players that, that did so well and got to the end. Um, so that would be cool. Yeah. And, uh, and those kinds of seasons where like, there's also like the pre-merger. Sometimes there are some like great players that go out pre-merge. So if you do like a pre-merge one or something mm -hmm. like that, but there's something to the, the second place. It's just, <laughs> let's get rid of that, that they can't play again. Twist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a twist. Uh, and like fi death. Fi yeah, I know. Final one here. I think you're going to like this one. Cause you said you're a bit of a purist. So. Uh, he's calling it, Kevin, is Survivor B2B. Survivor is a game based on twists. Back to the basics. Ah, there you go. But all top 10 season rankings online include season one in Borneo. So bring in the two tribes on day one. Let Jeff give a rundown of all the infamous twists of seasons past. He says this season is all built around one grand twist that will not be revealed or confirmed until the final tribal. And that twist... There are no twists. This means no hidden idols, no swaps, no Redemption Island, no Edge of Extinction, no Steel of Vote, etc. But all players will be playing as if there's some big looming question, but really, you said it, Wendell, it's back to basics. Uh, does Kevin have something here? Would this just not actually work anymore? Like, as much as we maybe hate sometimes, oh, extra votes and lost votes and, and, and wow, how many times are we swapping? It's entertaining television. Or, or maybe not. Should we try this? Yeah, so <laughs> I think at, I think there'd be a point where the castaways are like, wait a minute, the big twist <laughs> is that there's no twist, there's nothing in this game. I think they might they might get catch on to that at some point. Oh, but I think there is something to seeing how people can socially politic their way to the end of the game and mm -hmm. actually play the game. That's very important, but. As far as from a viewer standpoint, I think that there could be like a paganging. It could get monotonous, uh, redundant. Like if if one alliance just decimates the you know the other the other tribe or anything like that. So I think that I think you need something or some things that can throw a monkey wrench or a curveball into what could be like the Jonathan or the Jonathan's tribe just running through everybody. Right, right. So 
that's, that's the, the, that's the scare. You're exactly right. And that's why they probably started implementing half this stuff in the first mm. place. It's like these players started figuring out what the show was. They got too good yep. at it. And then it started to become a little stale and it's not great TV. So it's like, well, let's throw a hidden immunity idol out there and let's do this and let's swap them up when they least expect it. So you're, you're nodding away there, Trey. I think Wendell's sort of right. We need some of these like curveballs, these, you know, uh, wrenches that you chuck in there to keep everybody on their toes. Yeah, just because it messes up the general order of things. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we're a little overboard right now. Maybe there are too many advantages. But going back to like season one, I think would feel so slow. Like it definitely feels like you're watching the first season when you rewatch the first yeah, season. Yeah. But maybe there's like a mid card sort of ranking in there you know like when Russell started finding the idols out in out in the forest without being told that they were out there like there's just a couple of idols around they're not all these different extra votes and steal a vote so I don't know maybe just hide the idols or something but you gotta have something some sort of drama built in as well otherwise it's gonna be like it was in the first season they got four together and they went the whole way because Sean was voting alphabetically the whole time. <laughs> I would like to see that come back. That and the hands on the hard idol, like a final immunity challenge, bring those two things back, no doubt. Yeah, JD, uh, thoughts on any of these ideas here from Kevin? Or to answer the question, are there any other uh, sort of like, twi- um, you know, constructs of future seasons you'd want to pitch to anybody? Now, I like the second to none. I d- I'm with Wendell. I don't like the, uh, you know, you can't ever play again. I think you'd have a hard time convincing people to come back, right? I mean, yeah, true. There's always everybody always wants that. Well, I guess in this case it would be third or fourth chance. Um, and the cold. I mean, I kind of want to see it. Like I'm a fan of Alone, you know. Yep. <laughs> but it's brutal, <laughs> you know. I mean, and I can't see, you know, Alone. The contestants shoot themselves, right? Like yeah, there, so, are, there yeah. is no crew. There's a reason for that because nobody <laughs> want nobody wants to work a show out in the middle of the tundra. Like it's just the people don't want to do it. Oh, um, that's true. I didn't even think like why would probes want to do oh, this? God. Yeah, he's not gonna want to be out there. You can't wear khakis. That's a real consideration, the, right, Wendell? Yeah, he wants to be on the beach. They, they, they it, for a long t- the the composition of the production crew is changing. There are, there are more like women and it's there are more minorities and stuff. So it's it's cool, but it was kind of like the boys' club for a long time. And mm. they'd even during casting, if I'm not mistaken, or at some point, they like a lot of the producers and stuff would sit there and interview you or talk to you and make sure that they want to be out there hanging with you for 39 days. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Like they have to go through these conditions. And so if they're on a Fijian Island, then when they're not filming us, they're chilling, you know, they're in the beautiful water and they're, you know, they're, they're kicking it. But if you're in the Alaskan tundra, <laughs> like, you, you, ski, you ski a little bit. What do you, like, uh, go shoot a moose or something. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what you do. That's a great point. I don't think it's ever happening there, Kevin. Uh, but great question, guys. Keep sending them in. You can email us, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. Leave them in the YouTube comments under the No Buffs episode. Um, let's take one more break. When we come back, I want to get Wendell's uh, predictions for, yeah, who does he like to win this season? Maybe we'll look ahead to next time on Survivor, looking ahead at the uh, next week's episode, and we'll wrap this baby up. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. All right, back with No Buffs here in the Classic Factory. Wendell Holland, winner of Ghost Island Survivor 36, kicking it with us. Uh, kicking it with us. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. get myself in trouble now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sammy, while we were doing this show, I think uh, Wendell will be able to see this. I want to get your take on it because I know you are. You got your Sixers uh, jersey on. You got the Sixers hat on, Wendell. You're an NBA fan. Um, pointing out how much... Uh, Roxroy last night at Tribal <laughs> Council Grant. looked like Horace Grant. Yeah, with the goggles. What a look for our oh, guy. Oh, legit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Pretty Horace similar. Horace was a real one, too, so I don't know. Maybe in a horse. How many rings does Horace have? Ooh. Ooh, did he get one with the Lakers? He might have. He's got three with the Bulls, for sure. Yeah, so he's three or four. Yeah, Roxroy, we might be looking at the uh, new Tony Vlacos. Four-time champ. Yeah. <laughs> Let's okay. see that. 15 footer. Yeah. So there you go. Wait, hey, uh, who's the best? You can say yourself if you want to. You'll probably say yourself. Who's the best uh, survivor contestant at hoops? Who's got the best game? Yeah. I, well, we got okay. Some pro ballers. Yeah, that's true. It was Scott Pollard, I guess. It's yeah. probably pretty good. Yeah. And Cliff Robinson. Yeah, rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Who of uh, non NBA players? Yeah. Um, I think. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't seen him play, but I think Nick Marano can hoop. Oh, okay. I think so. So shout out to Nick. I know Chris Noble from my season can play. Okay. Um, He's one of those super athletes athlete. that's good at every sport. And we went out and played at the Ghost, the Ghost Island finale. We played in Venice Beach. Me, Chris Noble, Sebastian with no shoes on played. <laughs> and we were like on the Venice Beach courts. And at Venice Beach, you see everybody. So seeing somebody with no shoes on, yeah. you're like, oh, they're just right, maybe, maybe, maybe he could hoop. Yeah. You see a 60-year-old guy with a cool hook shot, you know. So uh, I'd put Chris Noble high. Okay. Uh, right below me. <laughs> and I don't know where Nick, I don't know where Nick is, but Nick was a hooper. Okay. You think Jonathan can hoop? Like, I mean, I always wonder, like, Joe... Like, mm. like I would, I would I'll think tell Joe's you right a now. better. He's one of those muscle Jonathan. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan's. Well, you know, you you've seen the muscle guys on the court. Yeah, man. yeah. They show up. After, they'll defend. Uh, the they'll they'll hold you over. with their defend defending arm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they might do some work on the boards, I guess. It'd but be you're good right. for screen assists. Oh yeah, I'd use that pick. Oh my goodness, yeah, you get oh, some space. Dean is also 
DK Chillin. Dean is a hooper. Oh, yeah. He was rocking the, uh, yeah. he had the Jordans on when he yeah, was Yeah, he did have Jordans. Jordans. Nice. Yeah. Uh, How about this, Wendell? Here's a question I always have, and we saw it come up um, during a challenge last week. Somebody was shooting floaters to try and get the ball to stick on the top of the thing. Somebody else was shooting a jump Janelle shot. Andrea. What's the move <laughs> yeah. there? Uh, well, in that case... <laughs> this is a, this is the size of a basketball, okay? You can shoot, you can shoot a basketball. Yeah. When you have a little thing this size, yeah. you, you don't get the finesse. It's like, and that's why Shaq that's can't right. shoot free throws. Yeah. That's why these guys with the huge hands can't shoot free throws. You don't get the finesse with something small. Mm-mm. So you got to do it underhand with something small. All right. I, I, I think that's <laughs> right. right. Sorry, I'm really adamant about no, that. That's, right. that's totally right. Well, even had the, to get the visual. Even the, uh, I guess it was the reward challenge where we talked about uh, Taku Tribe winning and they all had to put the ball in the, in like like, in tube, the tube. I mean, it was sort of like basketball. It was like mm-hmm. netball, I guess, with no backboard. But they, uh, if I remember correctly, for the most part, went underhand, too, because those are a little bit smaller. Uh, Jonathan, I think, shot a jumper. Did he go but, a jumper? But I, did see Marion, I did see Marianne go underhand, yeah. and they were sinking him. But in that case, it is like a rim, and those balls are bigger. So, so a little like, more weight to them, you, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. We're learning here. Uh, okay, so next time on Survivor, uh, here's what we know, Wendell. We know Roxroy feels like he's on the outside of the tribe. You know, he's slipping to use his words. We've got Marianne and Jonathan getting into what Omer is calling a stupid fight. Okay? And we have High appears to be targeting Daniel, Daniel, excuse me, um, because he's fishing with a dislocated arm. He's not happy about that. (laughs) So, I guess two questions, Wendell. I mean, it's always difficult to take anything from these next time on Survivor. But, like, if you're a guessing man, if you're a betting man, um, who's maybe in trouble for next week? Uh, And also, like, Talk to us about who you are liking going very, very far and maybe your winner pick for this season. Yes, yes. So I I always take those next time on Survivors with a grain of salt. Yeah. I didn't even really – I don't think I even watched <laughs> this one um, or, or watched it with, with that much of like – anything because they want to throw the red herrings in there they want mm-hmm. you to think they're not going to tell they don't want you to know who's going to tribal yeah um so i will say based on that um i don't think that i see taku going to tribal okay. because jonathan is on yep, he's yeah, still we there. have aquaman <laughs> on there. <laughs> there you go um so we'll eliminate him so so marianne tripping about or whatever the stupid fight was or anything like whatever you guys are going to keep winning until the merge cool Mm -hmm. okay um so then we look at ika and we look at vati the the blue tribe and the green tribe i could see i could see the green tribe going and daniel and his swimming with one arm or whatever Uh it is (laughs) like i i could see them going to tribal again Mm. Yeah. And maybe that's yeah. why we're seeing this. I don't, wanna, this, I don't uh, want to make any predictions. Maybe that's why we're seeing this high and Mike buddy buddy thing here. It's leading us yeah. into, uh, uh-oh, yeah. Daniel, you're in trouble. It's, and it's, I like them, so I don't want to make any predictions about who might go home next week. It's very difficult. Uh, I'm not sure we've yeah, ever yeah. gotten it right when we've like, uh, <laughs> trying to Highly unlikely, yeah. Okay, what about the uh, second part yeah. of the question, though? Who – give give us – you know, it's tough to pick one. Give us top, like, three people that you right now through four episodes could see winning this game. Like, where you're like, okay, I like what they're doing. They're set up maybe okay, and they just have the game to get to the way to the end. 
Yeah, uh, we can we can look at these tribes and think about how people were edited or portrayed. And even though last season Erica's edit really turned up right at the end, yeah, uh, that's when we got a lot of content from her and we learned more about her. But in this case, there are only like a small handful of people that I I can see as winning the game right now. And so at the top of my list, I have high okay. mm-hmm. and with him right next to him. Almost. I have Drea. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Talk, she's, she's talk about Drea. Go ahead. Yeah. I just think that like, well, she has an advantage. She's calculating. Um, she's, she seems, she, she just seems like she's locked in smart. Um, I, I don't know how old she is, but she's not one of these like super young people. Like she, I think that, I think it's easier to win Survivor when you're in your 30s. I think hmm. you have the knowledge. You've done. You've been through life. You have the experience, and you're still able to connect with the younger people. But you're, you're, you know, you can read lies and and all these. I just think yeah. in your 30s is that's that's the time to win. And I'm glad that I got on in my 30s. But like with Adrea, she just seems like. Pence, she seems like she sits back, she observes. I don't know. There's something to her that I'm like, all right. If I'm, but I'm look, I'm literally looking at the names. I don't see Jonathan winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't see Roxbury. I don't see Tori, R- Romeo, maybe. I don't see Mike. I don't see Chanel. I don't see Lydia. I don't see Daniel. There, we can look at the, the remaining players and I just pick, if I were to pick like four people, one of them, probably should win right right maybe right. Oh, maybe omar uh could, yeah, could sure. marianne win i don't know like seems unlikely That's, um yeah drea's not a bad pick though because i think uh i think it was tori last night said basically like she wanted to just play under the radar and like drea is definitely doing that but it still seems like she's kind of in control of her tribe and then she's got a couple of advantages already that are getting more people in trouble than just her she has had a very under the radar start, you know, like she just pops up as a fitness uh, consultant. I think we don't know we don't know anything about her yet, yeah, except that's for that true. she just shows up and does well in challenges. She's got these things, and other people just keep going from her tribe. Yeah, never her. I believe she is she the contestant that lives in Canada. JD, she's she lives uh, in Montreal. I think is not Amer- is not Canadian though. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think I think she's from San Antonio, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Um, Yeah, but lives in Montreal. Oh, so she's going to want to go on Survivor the Great the Great North. (laughs) She can handle. Yeah, yeah. I think she could handle. She's living in Montreal. She can handle the cold. Uh, Okay, so you like? It sounds like you like Drea. You like High, and then maybe Omar. Maybe Omar. Okay. Okay. Who do you guys got? I mean, those are three great ones. My winner pick was Jenny, so <laughs> not looking great <laughs> at this point. I, I think High has played really well. I think he's been, like, the most impressive game so far, but I wonder if he's going to be, like, a little bit of a Ricard. Like, he's playing so well that they're like, we can't let you go any further. Yeah. Sorry, you're going to win it if you keep going. I'll, I'll throw a vote. Uh, I, I mean, who knows if he actually wins, but I like what he's doing here. Uh, Romeo. He's has, doing uh, I think just found a, a sweet yeah. spot right now uh, through four episodes where we we don't know too much about him yet. Probably a good thing. Uh, and where he lies and his alliances so far in his tribe, I think uh, he's going to be there to the at the merge. I would assume he won't be looked at as a threat. Mm-mm. You know, he's sort of the opposite uh, of Jonathan. You know, the hashtag skinny guy alliance. Uh, shout out to my guys. Uh, it's one of my favorite <laughs> hashtags. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw, a, throw a bone to Romeo. JD, anyone to add? Or do we have sort of... 
Yeah. The four or five. I like uh, I like Omar. I'm yeah. I'm in on Omar. Yeah. I I I'm hoping. I'm thinking that we may get. The, the Go Train Alliance, I think, is going to be revealed next week. <laughs> okay. Uh, Wendell, uh, we, uh, Omar and Marianne live one train stop from one another in Canada. So there's a there's Ajax and Whitby. They're two suburbs. They're right next to each Close. other. So it's my theory wow. that they are in a secret alliance because Canadians, they sniff each other out. And, <laughs> yeah, and they like to stick together. And now with this Jonathan fight... I think, and with Marianne, I think he his alliances are going to be a little shaken. So he has he's going to have to pick one or the other, mm. or not. It sounds like it's a stupid fight. So so who knows? But I feel like Omar is sneakily. Uh, I think he's a very smart player. He's not a physical player, obviously. I mean, awful dive. One of the worst dives we've awesome. seen. There were some bad entries Ooh. into the water last night. Uh, yeah. There's a, uh. There was a few of them. Roxroy had one. Roxroy had one when they're like, okay, swim back to shore. Right. And he like face planted <laughs> into the water. Yeah. It's like, oh man. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a bad wave, a rogue wave, you <laughs> rogue know, wave. because they were Probably all struggling seven. getting back in the water there. But uh, also, I'm going to throw out, we have not seen much of this person, but Lydia, she strikes me as a shrewd player, a, a smart person. Again, not the most physical player, but uh, um, I don't know. I just have a sense about her. We just she's been playing a quiet game as well. So, uh, Adrea, I'm not so high on because of just what Swathi was saying uh, coming out of uh, mm. of her what she said with Rob today. Just she sounds very controlling, and maybe yeah. that might rub people the wrong way once we hit the merge. Yeah. But uh, but who's to say? I mean, I don't know. That's what makes it exciting. Exactly. Um, and and speaking of exciting. Before we let you go, Wendell, you're, you're doing these watch parties. You, you and oh, Bryce, yeah. Bryce and Wen. Uh, I think you Bryce have one coming up. Like, like, I mean, I think you have one in Washington. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I just saw you have another yeah. one coming up in Chicago. Okay, yeah. Here's the Washington one. Oh wow! Look at this. Yes. Look at Washington, this plug. Washington D.C. Next, next week, um, we are in Washington D.C. If you'd like to come to the party, <laughs> there is a link in my Instagram bio uh, at Wendell Holland. And we have some awesome guests, as you see. The Queen Sandra is going to be there. Wow. Liana, Natalie Cole, Angela, um, Angela from Ghost Island, Angela Rockstar from Big Brother, Ayana from uh, The Challenge, and Johnny Fairplay, along with some guests that we're not allowed to name Ooh, because wow. of whatever reason. <laughs> uh, they may, may or not been, may or may not be on TV right now, but. Uh, so there's that party, and then we're also doing one in Chicago in uh, on the twentieth, and we have some awesome guests going there as well. So okay, so talk, talk to me. How does this work? So you guys obviously watch the episode, and then are all these people on stage with you, or do you bring them up one at a time? Or are you doing the live pod? Like, or is it literally we just watch yeah. the show and then you mingle with everybody? Like, what's how do you do? Essentially, it? it's it's that we we watch the show and we party. Gotcha. So, oh, like we have music. Uh, it depends on the venue, but like it's just a, a good time. The fans get to meet some of their favorite survivors, take a bunch of pictures, get autographs, whatever they want. Right. We all watch this show that we love so much. So we're intently watching and cheering and stuff. <laughs> and then we get to hang out with everybody for a few hours. So just a good time. Yeah. Sounds fun. All right. Well, if you're in Washington on the 6th, uh, check out uh, Wendell's Instagram page for uh, for tickets to that. And then I guess, like you said, the one in Chicago, April 20th. Uh, keep your eye on that and as well. You guys, 
you guys should go to the Davy watch party on the sixth. Uh yeah, that's sixth. right. That's here at the Ron Clark Academy, right? Uh yeah, so. in Atlanta. Uh which I just want to go to the Ron Clark Academy. Yeah. Have you seen like this place? Yeah, I'm thinking of enrolling actually. <laughs> <laughs> go back to my Hogwarts. Degree. Yeah, that's exactly right. It looks crazy. Uh so I yeah. built some doors for them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, that's right. Yeah. Some- gigantic barn <laughs> doors that look like they're out of game of thrones it's like nine feet tall by five feet wide it's uh yeah if you guys can make it go man okay. they're like ron is awesome davy's awesome so yeah yeah that. and there's a, a bunch of other guests uh any other questions for our guy wendell uh before we let him go here it's always been obviously been a lot longer than maybe we had anticipated we always knew that <laughs> i'm gonna sorry happen. no not you it's us man last time you were here you were hoping for a james harden trade it happened. How you feeling about the Sixers? I mean, we're getting close to the playoffs here. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could, we could, we could be doing a little better, but I'm happy that we got rid of Ben, Toxic Ben, and I am. I'm ready to see what happens in these playoffs. Like, it looks like. What's the first round gonna? Is it gonna be like? Sixers yeah, we'll see. We still got a week. I mean, it could be the Sixers could be playing like five different teams at this point because uh, so yeah. much is up in the air. But yeah, I mean, they're it's gonna be a tough first round. Whoever they play, it's not gonna be easy. But yeah, they have plans. So I far. almost think that we sh- we should have like I don't know. Yeah, this first round is gonna be wild. I'm excited to watch. But I'm glad that Ben is out of here. And, um, <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll check back upwards. in with you when Harden has a, <laughs> a two for 16 uh, game four in the playoffs here. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I when, do you guys know when Ben is supposed to start playing? <laughs> no one Nope. Does. I don't even think Steve Nash <laughs> oh, okay. knows. Yeah. So he may not play. He may not play. Damn. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll have to have a, have you on talk some uh, NBA as well. Wendell, can't thank you enough, man, for taking uh, time out of your busy uh, schedule because you're on every second show on HDTV uh, <laughs> right now. So, so I don't know. Uh, we really appreciate you finding the time for jumping on here, man. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. I love you guys so much. And um, I hope to fix this knee up and come down and hoop with you guys on one of these trips to Atlanta. There That's you go. Right. There you go. The one dilemma we have is our pickup runs are on Wednesday night. And we got Survivor. And it's like, <laughs> wow, we got we, – and then there's a bunch of games on. I'm pretty tired right now. I'll be oh, honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wake up at 6 a.m. Thursday mornings to rewatch Survivor oh, I know. in the darkness. Oh, it's I know. great. It's crazy. <laughs> Wendell, man, I can't wait to have you down here in Atlanta. Thank you so much. Uh, have a blast at those live shows, everybody. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Put out the Jeff Probst candle. Yes. Goodbye, sexy Jeff. The tribe has spoken. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.